Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by Higher, Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, uh, former Army officer, guest on the Black Knight Nation podcast. Check our YouTube channel out. We're gaining subscribers uh, left and right here. Um, we have uh, Jeff Munkin's press conference from yesterday. Uh, we have the alma mater from yesterday, a video of the alma mater from yesterday after the Syracuse game. We also have Jacoby Buchanan and Leo Lowen's press conference taken by my iPhone. So it's straight. You know, the, 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 uh, Seth, we'll talk a little bit about where our um, the press conference was. It wasn't Randall Hall for sure or the Kimsey Center. I'll tell you that much. But we'll, we'll go into that a little bit later. We have Seth Mendelson of Black Knight Nation and Brendan in Jersey here to review. We may have other people drop by tonight. We'll see how it goes. Guys, if you're watching right now, send in your – your comments, your questions, if you like to watch, uh, and we'll answer them. Army uh, 29-16 loss at Syracuse uh, yesterday. And uh, to be honest with you guys, I could care less about the score at the end of the game. I could care less about who won, who lost. The main focus for me was uh, Andre Miller. And when Andre Miller went down um, in the second half, uh, fourth quarter, um, you know, he was um, – they were attending to him for quite a long time there when Andre went down. It was a – kind of a friendly fire collision with a teammate accidental. And, um, you know, he, uh, he was, um, you know, carted off the field that um, I'm going to still call it the carrier dome. Um, and, you know, he's taken to the local hospital there on campus and good news today that Andre was released from the hospital there and is back at West point. Um, we have no updates on injuries, but we do know that he's no longer in the hospital in Syracuse and he's um, at, now at West point. Um, there was a social media post, um, of him. I'm not sure if it was a picture taken, um, today or maybe a past picture, but, um, hopefully, uh, of, 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 of everything being fine. So I'm uh, hoping that all, all prayers up to still up to Andre. I mean, that was something that I've never seen before. And, you know, um, when it happens, I was like in my computer or on my phone tweeting or whatever, or whatever, Xing or whatever they call it. And all of a sudden you see um, him down and his face is flat on the field. And that's a scary situation. So um, great that the Army medical staff was out there as soon as they could um, to get um, Andre to attention. I thought they handled it well. There's a reason why it, it took them a while to get Andre, you know, up and out of the field. They were uh, every – every, um, Think possible they were checking out and you know at first um the Syracuse sideline really didn't know what was going on to a point uh, how severe the injury was I'm sorry and so there you had guys like just tossing around um footballs and guys in huddles getting ready to go back on the field but once Army's team took a knee on the sidelines and Syracuse's team took a knee on the sidelines you knew it was pretty real and um then when they all come together you know with Army I think it was Isaiah Austin that I first st started seeing sprinting from the sidelines to go into the middle and to wish Andre well and all the team got together, the Black Knights and Syracuse's team got together. Man, that's a, that says a lot about the sportsmanship and it says a lot about football. Um, I don't know how you guys felt. You're watching it probably from TV, but just being there live, I mean, I got a little emotional to be honest with you. I got a little emotional in the press box because you're just hoping for the best for the player at that time. You know, football is a very violent sport. And, um, you know, uh, Leah alone said, you know, that the, the, the physical 
the physicality of football, that's what you kind of sign up to play for. But when things like that happen, you know, it's like it's a, you're taken back a little bit. So, um, Brendan, I don't know. We'll go to you first just on that to open up. Yeah, I mean, anytime uh, – for, for me, anytime I'm watching a game and I see the trainers out there that long, the first thing I think of is um, – I guess it was back in 2009 or 10 army Rutgers, the, uh, Eric Legrand, uh, injury. Like you just, you just pray that it's not on that level. And, um, it doesn't seem to be the case. Um, given that, uh, they've publicly said that, you know, he had feeling in his, uh, extremities and all that, but, uh, yeah, just super scary. Uh, you know, I mean, when when it's going on for like 10, 15 minutes, the trainers are still out there. Um, and, uh, you know, there's like, and, uh, like, of course, like you're not going to be getting updates in the moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, certainly uh, it was certainly hard to kind of focus on anything game related after that. Yeah, um, Munkin said in his Jeff Munkin said in his press conference that he had staff at the hospital with Andre. I believe also his parents too. And so, um, you know, when Jeff Munkin's fielding questions about me asking him about Isaiah Austin's touches in the game, you know, he's not kind of rushing out of the press conference, so to speak. You know, you thought, okay, hope, and he told us, you know, he had feeling in extremities and um, was responding to him. Yeah, there's positive signs there, you know, so it was good. It was, it, that was good to hear. And then today, um, last night I got a little bit of a, a notion that things were heading in the right direction or were in the right direction. And today they put out the, um, I didn't want to post anything. It's not my, until army came out with a statement, I'm not posting anything on that, on that until they come out with something, you know? So, um, that's what we did uh, today. And, uh, Seth, what about you? What about I was at, you? The, uh, at the army Rutgers game about 30 feet from where that play happened with Legrand, with oh, my wow. son who was 10 years old and maybe 11 years old. And, um, uh, I saw that play happen right in front of me and it was a terrible, it's very sad. Um, I felt different with this play with how they were treating him. Uh, they were obviously being very cautious, but, not as cautious as they were uh, 15, 14 years ago, whatever that was. Um, I also noticed as he came off the, as they took him off the field, I thought I noticed him giving a thumbs up or se a semi thumbs up. If mm -hmm. you can do that, that's a great sign. And, uh, um, you know, let's hope for the best for this kid and uh, Andre, you know, for Andre. And, uh, uh, but um, I, what I saw, it was bad. What I saw 14 years ago, was worse and my son kept saying to me why does he get up and you know the crowd the, that the it was a muslim it was in the um i think it was met life it was met life that's 2009 that i opened in 2009 and the place was as quiet as can be for about 40 minutes and the game resumed but it was you know it was yeah. not the same yeah, uh, just a, some note on Andre Miller. Andre is a guy who's really worked his tail off to get into the rotation for um, for Army on the defensive line, and he's a really big kid. I mean, when uh, pregame, when we uh, were uh, just seeing the guys come out for pregame and just seeing Andre, I mean, he's worked a lot to get in to get into that into that rotation, and it was it's, it was good to see him on the field when he was playing. And uh, like I said, like we said, prayers to him and for a speedy recovery and I hope everything's right. And if he can back, get back on the field, that would be great. Um, here's another person coming in with a, um, 
a speedy recovery, Andre. And yeah, all our all our best wishes are to Andre um, Miller and his and his family, and even the Army football family. Because honestly, when something like that happens, I mean, I'm watching the alma mater on the field, and I'm about maybe five feet away from the closest player singing the alma mater, and just when those guys are walking into the locker room, they're still a little shaken up about it. You know, it's still a little shaken up about it. it they want to get the news that their teammate and their brother's okay. And it's going to be all right. And, um, you know, even like for Jacoby Buchanan and Leo Lowen to get, you know, to step to the podium and talk to, it was me and two other guys at the media, um, you know, just to answer questions about the game and then that answer questions about that, that situation. I mean, I uh, give them a lot of credit for doing that too. And uh, I mean, Leo Lowen and Jacoby Buchanan, you couldn't really ask for two better representatives of the uh, army program. Um, so they, they handled the questions well and they handled the um, questions about the game too, because I mean, we can get to the game a little bit now. Um, it's a game where it's a tale of two halves, right? Army controlled the first half, uh, man, that first drive was nine minutes and 25 seconds. If I recalled, um, you know, is it 18 plays, 16 plays? Buchanan finishes it with a run. And um, Syracuse didn't have the ball much in the second, uh, first half. And when they did have the ball, they didn't do much with it. I mean, all, with all honesty, like, you know, we, we heard a lot of talk about, you know, Garrett Schrader at the beginning before this game in the first half. He was just an average, maybe even a below average college quarterback in the first half, in my opinion. Second half, they got, um, Army stopped them that first time, right, guys? They stopped them on fourth down, and you're like, here's a little bit of momentum, but they couldn't do anything with it. And I have a stat for Army in the second half that I don't really want to mention on this. I have to mention later, but, I mean, the offense just couldn't do anything. And um, Syracuse offense moved the ball. And for me, personally, watching the game, Army's success in the first half had a lot to do, in my opinion, with the, the, getting this short passing game going, and that opened up the run a little bit, right? Noah Short had four catches for only 20 yards, but at least it put into Syracuse's mindset that, hey, maybe they'll go to the air every once in a while, right? And what did Syracuse do in the, in the third quarter? They threw those that five to eight yard out, right, on first down a lot. They got a short they, they a short second down or even if it was a third down and they would consistently through that and army just i don't know that is that they weren't defending it and they gave Syracuse then Syracuse will throw the ball downfield for maybe 20 yards and then there go there they go for there's some scoring drives so um i don't know i i thought honestly that at halftime i was talking to somebody that i really respect about Syracuse football He's covered a ton of Syracuse games, and I'm like, they don't look like a three and O team to me here in the first half. And then maybe I should have kept my mouth shut. So, what do you think, Seth? You're a Syracuse alum, so this is the one podcast where I'll allow you to talk about Syracuse football. Why do I always talk about Syracuse? Why is that? Um, I, I agree with you. It's a tale of two halves, and um, uh, Army just dominated. I thought the uh, the short passing worked. I, th I thought the running game to Buchanan worked. Um, obviously, at halftime, Syracuse changed their strategy a bit. I didn't think Army did. If they did, I didn't notice it. Uh, in fact, what I thought, and I'm not a football player, I'm not a college football player or a coach, what I thought is that Army got a little bit conservative. Uh, in their offensive approach, and um, again, I I agree, yeah, yeah, 
and, and that, that, you know, it made it easier for Syracuse. Um, you know, I noticed in the first game, and I noticed again in the second half of this game, the first game against Monroe, um, when we play conservative, we don't do well. When when he opens it up, when the, the, the whoever it is, the coaches open it up, the players open it up, they play really well. That's why I think we beat UTSA. Um, so I, I I I didn't see that. Um, the other thing that kind of bothered me was there was no pressure on on Trader in the second half. He had plenty of time to do what he wanted to do, um, and he did it, and it opened up the offense for them. And we seemed gassed midway through eh, the third quarter. Seemed a bit gassed defensively, and Syracuse dominated. Um, You know, why did Syracuse dominate? They probably have better athletes. Um, You know, let's be honest. I don't want to go there to a point. Okay, well, whatever it might be. But they dominated the second half, and they won the game. Um, You know what? The bottom line for me is – I didn't expect Army to win. I hoped they would. I, I predicted they would. I was wrong. Been wrong two weeks in a row now. Um, but um, uh, I, I think we got to put this one behind us, and we got to really focus on Boston College and Troy because these are important games. Take it away, Brendan. Yeah, I mean, uh, as you said, you know, first drive. 75 yards, nine minutes, 25 seconds, seven points. I mean, it was the perfect start to that game. Uh, and then, you know, the defense played well, but they also had a missed opportunity. There was, uh, you know, there was a ball in the in the defensive back's hands that could have gone for another six, seven points. And um, he just dropped it. And, uh, you know, and then at, at halftime, like... Uh, at halftime, I, I I figured Syracuse wouldn't be panicking because they basically took Army's best shot, and they were only down by one score, and they were getting the ball back to start the second half. Um, so what did they really have to panic about? And um, you know, it's like I like I, I I love when Army goes on long drives. I think like the whole country loves when they do that. Um, it gets a lot of attention on Twitter. You know, when they have these like pretty much like six, seven, eight, you know, however many minute long drives. Um, but uh, as, as, as Rich Ellerson used to say, if you're not scoring touchdowns, you're just getting home sooner. Uh, <laughs> Rich Ellerson, and, okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, ultimately the point, the point of an offense is to outscore the other team. And, um, you know, they, they, uh, they had, they had, you know, they just, they had that magic, Working in the first half, and I, I agree with Seth. They, I think, for whatever reason, psychologically, whatever, they kind of took their their foot off the gas pedal a little bit uh, in the third quarter, and they could just never recover from that. And Syracuse adjusted on their offensive end, and our defense just could not figure that out. You know, um, so it's, there's certainly, you know, I, I mean, Syracuse is a good team. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that they're going to. F- you know, go to the playoff or anything, but, um, there's certainly no shame and, uh, you know, army, you know, at least, you know, depending on when you placed your bet and who you placed your bet with, you either won at, you know, plus 13 and a half or got to push it plus 13. So, um, you know, it's like on the, on the surface, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not the worst result in the world, but that second half is just, it's just hard to forget much like the second half against 
ULM, uh, you know, this is like, this is two games out of four now where, uh, you know, the second half and especially the fourth quarter has been a disaster. And, um, but, but ULM, ULM, the defense was, the, well, the offense had a little bit of a problem, but the defense seemed to let down. And in, in, in this game, it was, it was definitely a change in philosophy in the offense to me. I noticed yeah. even on the very first drive, we stopped Syracuse uh, on four, you know, four downs, got the ball back, and nothing happened. And, of course, that was the tone for the rest of the game, basically, uh, for Army. Uh, I, I just – I don't know what they, what they did differently, but it just didn't seem to me that they were doing – the first half, they seemed to be having fun. Now – you gain six yards on a carry, you're having fun. You get a uh, a 10-yard a, a uh, pass for a first down, you're having fun. That didn't happen in the second half. But I saw more panic. You know, first it was super conservative, and then at the end, or, you know, near the end, there was a, a sense of panic. The fourth Well, you're down two scores and you're running out of time, so you're going to pass a little bit. I mean, that's what you do, Seth. You don't sit, you know, but – um. I don't know. I, I I just think that that there were some missed opportunities in the first half, right? With that potential pick six, and then the interception on the final play of the um of the half. Uh, Cam Jones had the interception, and Munkin thought maybe if guys kind of maneuvered themselves the right way, maybe he could have got to the end zone, or maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe he, he said something that maybe something more could have. He wished that something more could have came out of that, but I don't want to put words into people's mouths. Um. But my thing is Rocky Long, the defensive coordinator of Syracuse, made adjustments at halftime, right? And it seemed like to me, um, I'm watching from the press box. I'm trying to watch everything possible, but um, it seemed like they clogged up the middle a little bit more, right, with their defense. They seemed to stack up the line a little bit more. And they were almost saying, okay, you want to throw? Throw. We're going to stop. We're going we're gonna to totally try to shut down your run. And that's what they did. So here's the stat. Uh, 16, the first 16 plays of army second half minus four yards total. I mean, <laughs> you, you just, you're just not, I mean, <sighs> and I mean, you gotta, like you guys say, you gotta try something. I don't know, but I mean, there were some incomplete passes in there, maybe a couple, but the thing is too, is that from the start, um, first off, I want to say Bryson Dale, Bryson Daly played his tail off again. Bryson Daly played his tail off. He played physical. The one hit he had on the uh, the defensive back from Syracuse, where he just uh, just uh, pancaked him uh, while he was running trying to get the first down. I mean, that's there's a video somewhere out on social media. Coach Munkin said that they thought he lost his helmet because of the the violence of the you know what happened with the hit. He didn't lose his helmet, but he had a bloody nose from it. So they yeah. had him out for that one play for the bloody nose. And then they got him right back in. So he just missed one play. He played his tail off. And like in the second half, when you're down, you're on the road, you're you're setting up your you're for the most part, they were third and longs a lot in the second half, right? And you know you have to throw the ball, and you know Syracuse is gonna bring a blitz or some pressure. And you know, you gotta make some split second decisions, and sometimes it's gonna go your way, and sometimes it's not. And um, you know, sure, there are some throws that you know all quarterbacks would like to have back, and um but, I mean, I thought he played his tail off in that end. You know, the score is the score, right? That 80-yard pass to Noah Short. We were wondering, where was that Where was that play earlier in the game, right? Or where was that even play call maybe earlier in the game? But 
maybe not first half, but maybe second half. You know, it would have been oh, that ended up being a field goal, right? We, we, 80 yards to Noah Short. Right. Um, the last right. touchdown. Oh, the last touchdown. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, the last touchdown. Right, yeah. Right, 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 80, right. 80 yards to Noah Short. Right, yeah. Right. I mean, and and that that shows you a little bit of Noah Short because Noah Short had some burners to get to the end zone, right? He caught it maybe, I'm guessing, at the 30 and then kind of outraced the, the Syracuse defensive backs to the end zone. So that's a good sign. This is I two mean, games I'm impressed with Noah Short. Two games in a row. This, yeah, he really is yeah. coming on. Abs- absolutely. And, uh, you know, he's coming off the bench. You know, he played a little bit the first two games. He started game three. Uh, I believe he's a sophomore. Is that correct? Yeah, he's a sophomore. Yes, a young guy, and he's done very well. Um, he's done very well. You know, Sal, I'm just going to say it. If, if you said to me, Seth, pick two games, you're certain that Army's not going to win this year, I would pick LSU and Syracuse. And, you know, I would not pick those games. Well, that's I think LSU and maybe Air Force, not Syracuse. Yeah, I think Syracuse is a better team than Air Force. Air Force hasn't played anybody yet. Um, I don't want to get into I think schedule. Air Force is a good team, but I think Syracuse. Okay, but uh, having said that, the spread was 13 to Brendan's point. The th- spread was 13, 13 and a half, and that's exactly where it finished. Um, so, you know, I, we played a very good first half, a very mystifying second half, and they beat us. And I'd like to think that we're going to learn off of this, I think just like we learned off of the Monroe game. And uh, we have a week off. And BC is beatable. It's home. Troy is beatable. They're home. LSU is LSU. We we know the deal there. And then, you know, we have an interesting schedule the rest of the way. Air Force is potentially a good team. They've beaten nobody yet. They're 4-0. I watched a game late on Friday night, um, and I saw a very impressive game. But I think there's something good can come out of this. And I think that if if they can go back to that mentality of the first half, the mentality of the UTSA game, um, even Delaware State, which is a different animal, um, uh, yeah. I, I think something good will come out of this. I don't really want to break down schedules, really, but um, uh, <laughs> to be to be honest, I did want to mention this point. And I, you know, before the Andre Miller injury, I was going to go into a rant about this right at the start of this podcast. I was going to, going to go into the rant about the play where Ijon Marshall uh, ran like the outside play, and he was tackled and. The um, Syracuse player Justin Barron, I believe, you know, did the Gator yep. tackle and basically ripped his ankle like two or three seconds after Mar- Marshall was down, and no flag, no flag. Officials there, no unnecessary, no un- unnecessary roughness on that play. Right, there's nothing, and to a point where why Marshall's being tended to by the our Army medical staff again. You have Dino Bavers talking to three officials about a call that his guy got tossed Markel Johnson to the ground after the whistle and got called for 15 yards. So he's trying to talk to the officials about, you know, that call and trying to get calls more for Syracuse. When you got a guy, army guy who had his ankle ripped off by a Syracuse player two feet away. And now Ijon Marshall is going to be out. It's, it's gotta be like a pretty good ankle sprain. I imagine he was hobbling a little bit after the game. I, if we see Ijon Marshall at Boston college, I will be shocked. But, you know, Ajah Marshall's lost to a game, game or games possibly because of this. And, yeah. you know, I mean, no no, no penalty, no no call. But here's my other part of that. Army had the ball around the 40-yard line, of their 40-yard line. You get that unnecessary roughness call. The game is 10-10. 
The game is 10-10 at that point. You get that unnecessary roughness call, 15 yards. You're in Syracuse territory. Who knows if you move the ball or not, but at least you can play a little bit more of a field position game, maybe pin Syracuse back uh, on their goal line. But there's 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 no call there. And um, I don't know. You guys were watching. See, I got, like I said, I'm in the press box. You guys might see more, a little bit more on TV than I do. I see certain things. You see others. There was another pass interference penalty that should have been called against Noah Short in the end zone. Is that right or no? Yeah, yeah. They they pointed that out on TV. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw it too. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, here, pray for uh, Coach Short. Says pray for Miller and Marshall. And uh, Vin Davis says, yeah, they hurt our guy. Definitely yeah. it for sure. And I mean, then that got the the Justin um, Bannon guy or. He has a pick later in the game, right? He had a pick later in the game. Uh, he was the one who picked off Marshall. I, I mean, uh, Bryson Daly, sorry. I think later in the game. And it's just like, I'm not saying you disqualify the guy for unnecessary roughness, but you call the penalty. Oh, I, I see. I, I think those Gator rules should be reviewable like targeting and, and should be an automatic ejection. Because it goes, it goes beyond like a football play or even like – you know, mysterious things that happen in the pile. I mean, it's just like a blatant attempt to take a guy out of the game. Um, and it's way more clear cut than like targeting ever could be. It's just like, there's, there's a guy he's rolled up on the guy. He does like an extra twist on the ground to try to rip his ankle. And there was no remorse from that guy either. You know, Marshall's on the ground for a couple minutes. Can, I mean, I guess you're in the moment, but maybe make sure the guy's okay that you just ripped the ankle off of. I, I don't know. You don't I see mean, that, that much. You don't see, huh? that, you, know, you know, you don't see, you know, in college football, you don't see people coming over often to do that. Once in a while, somebody will do it. So uh, there was great sportsmanship in the Andre Miller situation. That's, right? that's a whole different story. Yeah. That's good sportsmanship here. It's like, and you know, um, fighting for like Babers fighting for calls and, when the army players two feet away calling an official around, Hey, what, why did you call my guy from tossing the guy on the, after the whistle? I don't know. And, um, I'm, I'm just, this is a rant guys. This is a, this is a rant. Does every coach do that? I mean, I've seen that a million times. I thought it was a dirty play too. I saw the play and I, and you know, I, I thought it was a dirty play, <clears throat> but every coach in football is always going to go to the, go to the refs and try to get him to call their way. But I'm thinking, like, you're going to complain about calls and your guy just ripped an ankle off of a person. He didn't get called for it. So you just got a favorable call. It usually, for the most part, balances out. You hope it balances out during a game. There's passes where, you know, there was a pass down the sideline where it looked like Isaiah Austin was interfered with. Yeah, the guy was all over him down, but no call. I mean, you're on the road. You're playing a, um, a power five team. The thing is, I believe they're ACC officials, but I think Army has ACC officials for their home games too. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I the game wasn't lost on that call, but maybe the momentum could have, maybe Army could have gained some momentum if there was a penalty called. Maybe I don't know. There's my rant. Um, I guess I'm done. Here's Coach Short checking in. Um, Army has potential to be a dominant on offense, easily win the last four games. Miami style with competitive percentage. Okay, we're still a running team, and this offense was still love the podcast. Thanks, Coach Short. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, really appreciate your comments. Um, yeah, so 
I mean, that was my rant. I don't know if you guys have any other, um, you know, takes on the game or interesting. Um, you know, I mean, a game that looked like they could have had it in the first first half and then just second half just went there. My take again is that I said before. I mean, uh, we got to take the, take this and, and, and say, what can we do with it? And yeah, I, I think there's a lot that can be done with this uh, because we showed that we can keep, keep up with a at least a middle of the road, if not better, ACC team. They're not going to win the, the league, I don't believe. Um, will they beat Clemson next week? I don't know. They're not going to beat FSU down there or North Carolina and North Carolina, but. Um, uh, this is a decent team, and we played them extremely well for a half. And then we fell apart in the second half. They improved. It wasn't just because Army fell apart. It may be even more because uh, uh, Syracuse improved. But there's a lot to be gained from this. And I think that with the week off and with with the knowledge of what they have, and I've met these kids, these Army players, and Boy, they want to win. This is a this is a real close knit team, and they have the momentum. The coaching, I think, I think Munkin's doing a really good job um, off the field, and hopefully on the field too. I mean, I think he's done a good job in in two of the th- of four games, and I'm not blaming him for the loss of the other two. But you know, things happened. But um, we, again, I'm going to focus on going forward here. And what did we learn? We are two and two now going into the meat of the schedule, the murderer's row that Munkin called it. We're one and one in murderer's row. We got three games left. Plus you got Air Force hanging around in November at Air Force. Okay. Those are really the four big games of the, um, of the season. You know, Navy is always Navy, but we'll worry about that later. But uh, you got these games and I think BC is beatable. I think Troy's beatable. They got to play a good game. Hey, we know we didn't, we didn't turn the ball over in the first half. I believe. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah two, two interceptions in the second half. Okay, and that was panic time a little bit. Okay, so I thought they did very well with ball control. I did, they did great with possession. Something happened in the second half. Part of it was due to Syracuse. Part of it was due to Army. Let's improve what Army can do, and I think that uh, they'll take something from it. I think they're going to win big against BC. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's a great time for a bye week in so many ways. I mean, the the – the Andre Miller situation, you know, um, I- I'm glad for these guys that they don't have to turn around immediately and have to prep for a football, another football game this week. Um, you know, certainly like resting up their bodies a little bit. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think, I think BC, BC and Troy uh, are definitely beatable. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's so, it's so early in the season to be talking both scenarios, but I know one of Army's goals every year is to go undefeated at home. I think they can, and if they do, they'll go to a, they'll be bowl eligible. Like it's as simple as that. Um, you know, uh, I, I think I said um, after the Delaware State game. You know, like I'm not really, you know, like it's it's still, uh, you know, I mean we're we're a third through of the way through the season now, but pretty much pretty much all of their goals are still on the table and they can still you know there's still a lot that they um you know uh, have within their control to do uh this season so uh, uh, you know i i always believed in this offensive changeover you know it's gonna have fits and starts hopefully uh it's a smoother operation for the rest of the season and um you know they learn that you know especially if you're going 
up against uh, a team that's you know maybe bigger and stronger than you. Uh, you can't ever take your foot off their throat, not for a second. Good point. Yeah, good point. Um, a couple things I uh, just wanted to get to. Um, guys, if you're watching right now, have any comments and questions, send them our way. We're going to be uh, getting off soon. Um, but I just wanted to, a couple things that uh, Jimmy Charlo had his third sack of the year this uh, in the second half of this game. Jackson Powell was in the middle of that fourth down stop. Jackson Powell's really stepped up his game this year with some big plays on defense. Um, the defense was missing Max Domenico at safety, and they were missing Spencer Jones at inside linebacker. So uh, Caleb Fortner um, played for Spencer Jones, got his first career sack in the first half. Um, Casey Larkin and Aaron Bib- Casey Larkin started in Max's spot, and Aaron Bibbins got some playing time also at safety. Um you know, Max was a little bit missed, and I'll tell you why. Um, so Syracuse, Seth, help me out with their offense. They run more of a spread. They have at least three wide receivers in the game most of the time, right? Correct, yes. So you need kind of a nickel back, right? You need a guy, a guy, you need that fifth defensive back out there. And so what they usually do when they have five DBs is they have Casey Larkin come in, play safety, move Max up more closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, they didn't have Max um, – on, on Saturday against Syracuse, and maybe who knows? I mean, is coverage going to be a little bit better on those shorter routes uh, that Syracuse was throwing? I don't know, but they really, um, you know, in the past couple of years, they really had a guy to play nickel, right? Um, they they were able to bring in uh, nickel backs and um, have some success there. They right now their nickel back is their also one of their starting safeties. The way I see it, maybe the way they design stuff, I'm looking at it wrong, but so. Um, I don't know. They needed. They need. They they were missing. In my opinion, they were missing Max a little bit on the on the defensive side, at least in the coverage schemes and stuff like that. Um, he's a really smart player. He seems to be the you know he seems to find the football pretty well, and um, you know it certainly would have helped having him out there. I don't know what his injury is. I don't know what the extent of it is. Um, Spencer Jones either. Um, I will say this that. Um, uh, they, they got uh, Shane Buckingham back on the field this game. Uh, David Hoyt started again at left tackle. Shane Buckingham came in, um, I believe, like late first half, early second half, and he got he got back on the field. So that's a good sign for Army's offensive line. Hoyt played really well against UTSA. Um, against Syracuse, Syracuse was really a pretty active defensive front, and um, Army's offensive line in general had a little bit of issues with Syracuse. So um, – they made the move for more experienced Buckingham in the second half. And um, so he got back on the field. Um, Tyrell, a lot of people are asking me about Tyrell Robinson, right? And when we might see Army's explosive slot back, back, uh, back in action. And I even got like people asking me, is, is he going to red shirt this year? You know, is he, is Tyrell Robinson going to red shirt this year? Well, you don't really do red shirts at Army to a point, you know, right? So I, um, but I think you're going to see him at one of these two home games coming up. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking I've always thought Boston College would be the time to get him back on the field. It'd be about a year outside of his injury. Um, I thought that you know, um, you know, after a bye week two and stuff. So I think that we may see Tyrell Robinson um, against Boston College or Troy. And if we see that, guys, Brent, I'll be interested to see like his role in this offense. Will he be a back? Will he be a slot receiver? They'll probably put him – you probably can move him around. He probably can be very versatile in this offense. And, man, if the C's part in the middle and Tyrell Robinson is going to run through 
Um, I think he's going to have the speed that he he, he had uh, before the injury. So um, if that's the case, then it's uh, it helps the offense certainly. Yeah, I mean, uh, you could uh, certainly you could put him anywhere on the field, and you know he uh, he's probably going to be uh, a matchup problem more often than not. But uh, you know, I mean, they did they did have some success on on certain uh, inside plays with him. Uh, last season, so you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they line him up at the, you know, whatever, the the whatever not like fullback, not fullback position. I don't know the dive back position. Um, but uh, yeah, Sal. Uh, b- uh, before we go, do you, do you mind? Do you mind if I go, if I go on a little bit, a bit of a college football rant? <laughs> right ahead. That's what we're here for, Brendan. We're here for your football rants. Go right ahead. I love okay. college football rants. Yeah. Okay. So. I am absolutely sickened by this latest round of conference realignment that has essentially led to the death of the Pac-12. These college presidents for 30 years, anytime like anytime something some somebody tries to do something good for the players, they say no, no, we can't do that. Tradition, tradition, tradition. And the minute that these guys can grind out five more dollars of TV money. They throw it all in the garbage to to chase to chase the almighty dollar. These these people are money grubbing whores. It Whoa. makes me sick. And there's, you know, and here's the thing: if the if if all these conferences were just football only, that's fine. But there's no reason. For Rutgers women's basketball to fly to LA for conference games. That's absolutely ridiculous. How about field hockey. How about field hockey? Any 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 sport that's not football or, or even basketball, like you know, men's basketball, like it's ridiculous. You know, all the you have so many people crying these days, like, we can't afford this, we can't afford that. If anything, conferences should be back to what they were, which is more hyper-regional to cut down on travel costs, and they just want to go bigger uh, so they can get you know, $2.50 more TV money than they did the previous fiscal year. Uh, I, I, I can't believe this is happening. Brendan, are you for or against the, the Army's move to the AAC if it, hap- if it happens? I I personally don't want it to happen. Uh, I know people are very concerned that they quote unquote can't survive as an independent uh, if things continue to go the way they are. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel I feel like any conference, certainly like the American, certainly a conference on the level of American would always have an invitation extended. I don't see that. I don't see that we need to accept anything, you know, unless our hand is absolutely forced by circumstance. Hmm. Sal, can I try comment on Brendan's comment? Because very shortly, very shortly. I totally agree with you, but um, it's not just the college presidents. It's the coaches across the board making two, three, four, five million dollars a year. It's the assistant coaches at many schools making over a million dollars a year. 
It's the it's the recruiting budgets going out of control. It's um, it's paying for all these other sports that make no money and they have to they and they want to keep them going. You know, Stanford tried to scale back last year from 36 sports or 34 sports to 20 something, and they got so much uh, a, a, a pushback that they couldn't do it. But how do you pay that? You got to pay these coaches money, these other coaches and other sports. And you know, in, in the defense of the college uh, presidents and anybody else involved, they need this money to survive. Rutgers is a is a is a hundred million dollars in debt because they joined the Big Ten and they had to spend all this money to keep up. And it was great honor to join the Big Ten. Everybody in New Jersey, we're from New Jersey. I think all three of us are right. Um, and um, and it was a big honor to get into the Big Ten because it's a prestigious universe, uh, uh, association, athletically and uh, academically. But it's cost Rutgers a fortune to try to compete in it, and they haven't done a very good job in it uh, thus far, especially in football. They're doing a pretty good job in, in men's basketball. Um, so what's happening is a sign of the times. My prediction, and I'll stop here, Sal, my prediction is it's going to get crazy before this is over. What I mean by that, my final sentence is that I'm not, I would not be surprised if some of these major leagues, the four big ones left, start kicking teams out so they can make more money for the teams. So yeah. a Rutgers or a Vanderbilt or a, um, you know, give me somebody else, a Georgia Syracuse. or a Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse might be asked to leave. They'll pay them off a little bit, you know, give them $50 million to go away. And they'll be asked to leave. So these other other teams, Michigan, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, et cetera, et cetera um, can make even more money. That's what I think is coming, not necessarily next, but that's the next step after this round is done. And this round might be done after, you know, Army and uh, Oregon State and Washington State. You know, somebody from Oregon State made an interesting proposal, have relegation like they do in soccer in Europe. You take 64 teams in one league and the, and – Maybe, you know, 56 of them stay, but the bottom eight go to the second league. And they, and they yeah, it's not never going to happen. Never going to happen. It's an interesting thing. But not really. you know, after after Oregon State, Washington State and Army get seated someplace, get placed somewhere, if Army does it, um, uh, it's going to slow down for a bit. But then the next round's going to come up because they're going to need even more money because these coaches want more money and everybody else does too. So that's the only thing I'll say about it. It's It's a sign of the times. You know what, Brendan? I think that was a winded rant by Seth. I think it was longer than mine and your rants, but we'll let it slide for tonight. Uh, you know, we'll let it slide for tonight. Um, Listen, the, the, only, the, only, the only conference I respect anymore is the MAC. They know who they are, and they stick to it. And the Ivy League. How about the Ivy And the Patriot League. Come on, those are good conferences. Well, you're, that's so, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking FBS football strictly. Know, we're talking. Come on. We don't, we don't talk FCS football here. The only when Army beats up t t uh, FCS teams at Mikey Stadium. Um, real <laughs> quick, guys, check out our website. Uh, my game stories up there from uh, live from Syracuse, the Carrier Dome. Um, I could write a book on probably my experiences, but I'll wait. I'll wait. Uh, I'm still venting about that. Um, we also have um, Ed, Ed Diller was there with me. His photo gallery has some really good photos in, in the photo gallery to check out. I'm going to write a quick thoughts uh, story uh, probably later tonight, early tomorrow. Have a day off to do that. Um, yeah, just check out our stuff. Uh, Sarah, you wrote a pretty good um, – Seth, your story uh, advancing the Syracuse Army game did really well on our website, giving you your props there. 
And I, I got to write a K, real quick Caleb Fortner story, too, for our website, too. That's on there prior to the Syracuse game. Like I said, check out our YouTube channel. We had the press conferences from yesterday, um, our recaps from the past. Um, got to get some guests on for the Black Knight Nation podcast as far as former players. Got to work on that a little bit better for you guys. But numbers are up. We really appreciate it. And my one last thing I have to shout out, and Seth, you're not allowed to comment about your NFL team winning today, but I'm allowed to comment about my NFL team beating the Cowboys today. And I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Troy Lindley, a former Army uh, fo football player who we've had on our podcast. He's out in Arizona there. And a uh, shout-out to you, Troy, and a Cardinals win today. Big win over the Cowboys. And uh, now we're going to start our uh, our role. I mean, we got to cut this. Uh, we got to cut this podcast out uh, now. Uh, but, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, Brendan, appreciate you coming on uh, on the road, on the road with Brendan there and his takes on not only Army football, but the whole college football uh, landscape. We really appreciate that. And Seth, as always, uh, guys, we'll see you soon. We got a bye week um, coming up. Uh, let's let, let me try to get some uh, former football players on for some interviews uh, in the next week or so. We'll, we'll be back here soon. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good night. Have a good night. Beat them.